Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 182 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. For too much talking, your pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined by a man who's looking flush after just having come back from lunch. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, what was on the menu when you had lunch with your dad? Uh, well, being a, a homeowner, well, yeah. yeah. Owned by mainly the bank, but yes, uh, yes. Uh, smashed avo, of course. Smashed avo on sourdough, or was it just on on regular bread? Dark dark rye, dark rye. I'd see on, the only way the Port Melbourneites take their smashed avo. I hear. Yeah, well, we did. We drove out of out of Port Melbourne, which was an experience in itself. I don't get out a lot, and uh, and right. went to a, a cafe uh, with my dad and my brother. So that was that was very nice. And uh, and speaking of family, you're. Uh, you're coming in long distance, mate. I am, yes. Yeah. So rather than actually being on a phone with bad internet, I'm actually, oh, sorry, on a computer with bad internet. I'm actually on a phone with bad internet, uh, dialing in over Zoom um, from down in Inverloch. We're uh, uh, having a, a Labor Day camping trip here. So I've managed to squirrel myself away to, uh, to, to, to do what the people want, Lewis, which is try and record it, get a podcast recorded um, while Christine is out there setting up the campsite. So if anybody hears a... Uh, a brick coming through the window. It may be uh, someone telling me that it's time to come down and t- keep uh, setting up the campsite. Right. Fair enough. So Chris, Christine is out there just digging, the, digging the loo while you're in here uh, recording a podcast. So that's good, mate. Good. Hey, well, she, good. Well, she's the one that had to go. So, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's 2022, <laughs> mate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, all for equal opportunities. You know, if, if you need to go to the toilet or you have an equal opportunity being able to dig the hole. Very nice, mate. Very nice. It, look, speaking of outside our comfort zones, I actually yes. went to uh, Urban Surf last week. You, right. You, have you heard of Urban Surf? You heard of this the place? I have. Yeah. Yes, I haven't been there myself, but a couple of my friends have. And uh, yeah, how did you go it, there? Oh, mate, it was it was unbelievable. So I've been once before with the uh, with the girls, which uh, we sort of uh, did some lessons for them, you know, standing up and stuff, which was fun. Uh, yeah. Except Stella dove off and cracked her head open because the bottom's concrete, so that wasn't yeah. so good. So anyway, I went went on. We had this night on with uh, with would you believe thirty five other blokes, middle aged wow. men to uh, and I, I haven't been before, sort of out the back. And it's, for the, the listener who doesn't know, it's a man made wave in a pool scenario in Melbourne, um, at Intel Marine, and uh, and there's a few different levels. So there's cruiser setting, which is you know, really nice rolling wave. That, you know, if you're starting out, you can have a go on cruiser, and and then it steps up to cruiser plus or something. Then it goes intermediate. Well, 36, 35 blokes, all 36 blokes, all said, "Yeah, we're going to go straight in on beast mode." Awesome. So, so beast awesome. mode is that, is that kind of like the end of uh, the end of point. The fifth, you know, where uh, where Bodie goes flying in there and doesn't come back. Is that is the, that beast mode? The fifty-year storm, definitely, mate. It was, um, it was, it was really hectic. I reckon I was definitely the worst of a lot of us. And yeah. the first, uh, it's it's hard work because you sort of catch a wave, and then you got to paddle out again, and it's continuous because you don't get a break when you get out there. But um, 
but they're some big barreling beast waves. And uh, and I reckon the first five I got absolutely slammed, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, right. And uh, and then I got a few barrels after that. But you know, I you don't do many things at our age that are outside your comfort zone. Yeah, and yeah. That was way outside my comfort zone. And I was actually just really kind of you know I hit the bottom once, hurt my elbow and. Um, going on, we had a couple of, there were a couple of photographers out in the water sort of shooting us. And, um, and at one stage I thought it was another, another surfer in the water and I got distracted and I got absolutely spanked and, and hit right. my elbow. Yeah. And I know well, at least you would have had photo, at least you would have had photographic evidence of that, well, of that wipeout anyway. I'm hoping to get some photos soon so I can put them up on the social show. How, how good I am, mate. That's what it'll be. How good I am. Awesome, so, awesome. Yeah, we, anyway. we, can, we can see your dilated pupils and your tightened oh. sphincter as you get about oh. to get smashed. Yeah, it's not like I said, there's not many things outside your comfort comfort zone that you do at our age. And oh mate, it was it was hectic. I didn't know if I was gonna die or have fun at the end of it. I, I just didn't know <laughs> what, what, where I was at. So but I had a busy had a busy week of work, had a, a few cases of interest at a um, yeah. had a had a ridgeback in um 12 week old ridgeback this week you know which you know nice cute sort of puppy sort of thing and yeah uh, and it was interesting um oh you're just checking for bricks mate coming through the window there no yeah 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 yeah. um and uh and it was really really nervous dog so right really really nervous literally wouldn't walk in the clinic and sort of carrying it in at the end um in the end into the room and they're just in the corner and under a chair where their owner was and it was it was interesting. So I mean, I um, if I have a puppy consult, the nurses know that I've had a puppy consult essentially because they walk into the consult room and usually there's a big smear of peanut butter on the table. There might be a on little the wall. Bit of, you well, know, yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah, generally you screen. Generally, it's, it's confined to a few areas. So it might be a bit on the floor. There might be a bit on on the table, and that's about it. Usually, it's only peanut butter. I have got for those pups that don't like peanut butter. Sometimes use Vegemite. Um, which is a great Australian tradition for those overseas listeners. Um, and uh, and so this puppy, I was on the floor, sitting on the floor with treats galore, trying to, you're throwing treats at it. I was smear, smearing Vegemite on the floor. It was coming over, have a little bit, then proceed to stand in the Vegemite and run over to the under the chair again and then pour at the door. So there was just like a bath of like Vegemite and peanut butter everywhere. And uh, yeah. And, it was interesting with that. There's a few things that sort of rung with me. I said, oh, mate, look, I'm really worried about your dog. It is really, really nervous. And he never had a ridgeback before. You know, I said, why do you get a ridgeback? He didn't really have a good reason why he got a ridgeback. Because, um, you know, they can be a pretty a handful sort of a dog to, for, for an inexperienced owner. A large um, breed dog too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I said, look, he's really nervous. You need to do socialization. You've got to get out and sit on the road and just feed him hot dogs and, you know, feed him stuff to make him have good experiences with people. And and he was like, oh, no, he's just, he just doesn't like being at the vet. Just, I said, well, mm. you know, yeah, he doesn't yeah, understand. It's a nervous. There's a lot of smells. You know, there's a lot going on. No, no, it's just at the vet. Although when he did go down Bay Street, which is just outside the clinic, he was really nervous coming in on Bay Street because he's never been on such a busy street before. Right. Okay. So, yeah, but I really feel, and and in the end I had to say to him, look, mate, I see maybe three or four pups like your pup age every day at work. And I'm telling you, they come to the same environment in the vet clinic, but your dog is exceptionally nervous you've got a lot of work to do and you could just see the light bulb go in his head go oh okay 
Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was it was that moment, you know, where you, you're holding back everything and then eventually I just look, mate, I've got to put this in perspective, you know, that you need. I'll probably never see him again because he won't come back because I don't like what I told him. But um, Yes, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I've I had to sort of lay it, lay it sort of straight to him. And the other thing that was interesting in the consult is, you know, you know when you have moments when you think, oh, I'm not sure if this is quite right. I can't really remember. But the puppy didn't have a traditional ridge along its back. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. And so, because we don't see a lot of ridgebacks anymore. I don't know about you. I don't see a lot of puppies. In my head, I was like, I was doing the thing like going, do they grow the ridge when they get older? Like, this is in my head, I'm thinking, you know, because yeah, yeah. I was like, do they grow the ridge? Like, normally they have it. And then I was like, I was thinking, no, they've normally got a ridge. They've and I always I, got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and some of them can have a really small ridge. And I was like, I didn't really say anything to the guy. I thought, because I just wasn't 100% sure in my head that do they grow the ridge? And then what I thought about them, yeah. no, they don't grow the ridge. They're born with it. But um, that, That's but the whole reason why they call a ridge back. It's right well, there in the name. Exactly. Yeah. But I just wasn't sure on that aspect of do they get it at four months? Is it is it a month early? No. Um, and then I went out the back and to get something. And I said to the other vets, oh, you know, do they normally have a ridge? And they go, oh, yeah, they're born with it. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But I didn't really want to lay that on the owner either because I thought, you know, mate, I've already told you something you don't want to hear that your dog's got a really severe, you know, anxiety yes. issue. So, so there's a bit going on with that consult. But, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's um that, that reminds me, I think we've spoken about it on the pod before, about um those, uh, those long-haired, um, you know, ragdoll cats that coming in that look just pretty well an absolute Monty for a just a long haired, you know, <laughs> tabby domestic short haired cat, you know, especially where one of them was tortoiseshell as well, you know. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, you don't yeah, get a lot yeah, of those, no, yeah. No, no, no yeah, no, pure, purebred ragdoll. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, awesome, awesome. I, I don't say anything anymore. Um, the nah. nurses sometimes say to me, uh, do you think that that one was a ragdoll? I go, I definitely don't, but I believe whatever the owner tells me that they think it is. That's, <laughs> that's fine by me. Exactly. We get, we used to get when Bengals were quite popular, used to be a lot of Bengals that come in and go, that's a beautiful looking tabby cat you've got there. You have to be careful not yes. to say that. You know, those oh, markings yeah. are extraordinary. And then a yeah. bit, bit recently get a lot of, a lot of uh, any sort of long haired cat. I think it's got a bit of Maine Coon in it. Okay. Yes. Uh, yep. I, yep. I, I don't think it's the case. I think your cat's just fat. Yeah. 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 If, if, if you've got a, a three and a half kilogram cat that's got hairy ears and someone's trying to tell you that it's a Maine Coon, like, no, it might get eaten by a Maine Coon, but yeah. this is not, this is not a Maine Coon. Yeah. Your long haired cat that could be, Maine Coon that's only five kilos overweight. It's not a Maine Coon. Not a Maine Coon. It's, it's, no, it's no, five no. kilos overweight. <laughs> no, it might have been mainlining Mars bars, but it's not a Maine Coon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and also another, um, just a listener out there, Flynn's Walk's coming up. So first hey. of May... Out. First of May, if you're in uh, if you're in Melbourne, down at Williamstown, there, so uh, get along in support of mental health um, for us vets. Uh, plans are me and Robbie will be there at this stage. Absolutely, um, come walk along the foreshore there with us, have a chat to, to vets. Um, it's great. Sometimes we we do see quite a few listeners come and say good day. So come and hey, say hello. Hey, we should try and see whether or not Jackie will let us do an OB there. I'm sure he will, mate. There's plenty of foreshore. Even, yeah. if, even if we're not associated with him, we can still do, still do it. Just you and me just on the park bench next to him, just going, oh, just don't talk to those guys. Spot yeah. on, mate. Spot on. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, oh, also, no, this just, week. 
that, that's yeah. just thrown us under the bus with, uh, you know, as if we don't have enough in our life to try and organise. That probably would have been one of those good off-air production meetings to have rather than actually you know, sticking my foot up to the knee knee, so, uh, knee yeah, joint into it. Exactly. It would have been nice to discuss that when we're in between <laughs> rushing around to, to cricket and and, uh, and music oh, music crap. lessons and all that sort of stuff in our lives. But, um, the other thing this week is a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a British blue kitten that I'd seen was eight weeks of age that, again, was really, really nervous. Um, uh, Pure, it was a purebred British, British blue, I, you know, definitely British blue cat and owner was really nice in comparison. You know, he said the cat's really nervous. It won't come out from under the bed. You know, it's been, been, I've had it home for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm really worried about it. And yet again, hiding the carrier, really, you know, difficult cat to get to come out and interact really didn't interact at all. I think it took the lid off the carrier vaccinated in the carrier, those sorts of things that we yeah. do. So I said, you know, look, you know, here's some Zilkeen. Take some Zilkeen home. Uh, try some of those Dine Creamy Treats. Not a sponsor, yep, but, yep. but uh, from Coles, uh, local uh, Dine Creamy Treats in a little uh, sachet thing that the cats, kittens love. And and every time it comes out, just feed it, you know, give it some of those. And and so I saw him for the 12-week the vaccination um, and chalk and cheese, mate. Zilkeen yeah, has right. done, done the trick. Owner wow. was so happy, like really, really happy. And one of those owners where just kept thanking me. And I just felt really nice that Kitten actually came out of the carrier, walked around the table a little bit, then went back in the carrier, which I'm happy for them to do that. You yeah. know, exploring the environment on its own, on its own terms. Zilkeen, thank you very much. Sponsor of the podcast, mild anxiety, lowering medication. So, um, so there you go. Another success story for a bit of Zilkeen. If you've got a kitten that's a little bit nervous, there you go. And, and you know what, Lewis? I bet you that kitten had no side effects either. You're right, mate. You're yes. spot on. Doesn't have any side yeah. effects. No, no, not at all. Apart from the fact that now it's now it's happy. Yes. And what a, if, what a wonderful way to be. If you call that a side effect, exactly a good side effect. A good side effect. Yes. A good side, yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, uh, and also we're uh, you know, uh, bought uh, the this episode is brought to you to by uh, the great people at Delicate Care the the wonderful people out there in Western Australia doing the good work of, uh, of producing some, uh, some wonderful Australian made uh, uh, pet foods of um, varying different prescription sort of varieties. And also they, uh, they produce other just normal, uh, normal life stage ones. And they've also got their cherished brand as well, which you might find in pet shops. Uh, so yeah, really, really good options there. We always bang on about uh, delicate care, and I believe we've got a response from delicate care um, to a, uh, a question that we had a couple of weeks ago in terms of uh, fat content with their uh, their duck based diets as well, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, maybe we can go to that now. That might be a good good segue. No, let's, why not? The, that's a good why idea. Not se- let's just so, let's just get straight into it. That's right. So I was sent in by Indy, and uh, the question was uh, just out of personal interest. Well, now it's out of podcast interest, I suppose. You mentioned yes, oodles. Now, it's, now we're all interested in it. That's right. You mentioned oodles with annoying stomachs and how, yes, they might love chicken, but that could be causing the issue. So switch them to delicate care as it's duck. I was wondering how duck wouldn't be a more volatile meat for trial as it's higher fat. I thought perhaps the high fat content could would pose a risk to stomach sensitivity. So we did get we did get uh, through the through the uh, the intranet a a reply. Uh, the best way to answer is that for dry pet foods made with a base of meat meal, the actual fat content of the meat meal is relatively low. 
and allows the addition of beneficial fats or oils to bring the fat content to the desired level. Hence, the finished kibble is able to contain not only desired fat level, but with a focus on those fats which are beneficial, such as omega-3s and omega-6s. So there you go. Because oils ain't oils. Uh, Very nice. Yes, yes, very good. So hopefully that answers your uh, your question, Indy, and and puts puts to bed your, your, your query there. Um, so there you go. So it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, lo- low fat, but then other fat added to it. So even though, yeah, so because we're talking mainly about protein levels rather than being a protein sources rather than it being that uh, that high fat. Because I guess yeah, if you go and get yourself a nice, you know, Peking duck or something like that, that might be fattier than a, you know, than, than a chicken breast. But uh, but in the end, it's what because uh, they can control, and that's what delicate care have got. They've got such good control looks oh, over what a, they produce. They've got a little fine tuned button, I think, which says, you know, low fat, high fat, you know, omega three, and they they're just continually adjusting to make it just the right fat content. I think that's what they're saying from that email. The the gold the Goldilocks the Goldilocks fat content. It's yes, just, just right. it's not too much. It's not too little. That's right. Just the right amount of goldenness on the peaking duck. You're right, mate. That's Perfect. it. Hanging in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And all our, our, our duck listeners out there. Oh, yes. 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 Duck dads and mums. Duck yeah. mums and dads. <laughs> um, I thought we'd just touch quick, briefly this week on Japanese encephalitis, mate. Um, it's yes, been in the news absolutely. a lot. Uh, certainly in Australia, it's, a, it's a, an exotic disease uh, that people – you know, it's, it's getting a bit of airtime. So perhaps, you know, it is obviously veterinary related. Um, essentially, uh, it's something that we haven't seen in Australia before as, as a viral disease. Um, as of, uh, just had a quick check on the, on the webs now. Looks like there's 15 cases in Australia at the moment and, and there's been two deaths, unfortunately. Mm. Um, uh, so basically, it's been, um, it's been detected in... Uh, I had the list of, it's been detected in, I think, Northern Victoria, uh, New South Wales, and Gundawindi in Queensland. Um, and it basically it comes from pigs. Um, so pigs yeah. are the main sort of amplifying source of the virus. And then it, it can be spread to humans and to horses by uh, mosquitoes. Um, yeah. So uh, the... There's a little bit of there's there's birds involved there as well. So I think initially the the virus comes in with birds. Um, uh, theory is mosquito bites a bird, I believe, and then bites a pig, and then for a human or horse to get it, that the mosquito that's bitten the pig, um, then bites the human. So I guess yeah. you can't catch it by eating pork products. So you your lovely uh, you know uh, uh, bacon burger or your uh, or your yep. McFlurry. Yeah, your yep. McFlurry from, from McDonald's or your, right. your, your Sunday with the hog fat in it from McDonald's. Yep. All good. All fine. You, you're going you're gonna to be fine. You roast, you roast pork at the RSL. That's all fine to eat. So, um, uh, you'll so get yeah, a heart so, attack, but it'll be, but you won't get Japanese encephalitis virus. That's right. Exactly. So, it's, uh, uh, so yeah, saying you can't get it from pork and, and pig products. Um, it's it's spread between water, birds, pigs, and humans. Kills about seventeen thousand people a year worldwide. Wow, um, which is incredible numbers. Uh, and they think it's obviously spreading down our way because of climate change. Um, there are. And was it? Did, did I um, hear hear something right of where you know most of the time most infections in humans are completely asymptomatic? 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's spot on. So uh, 90% of the infections in humans, yep, asymptomatic and less than 1% of people infected will develop disease. Um, and the major thing that causes in humans is inflammation of the brain or encephalitis. Uh, yeah. Usually you get a fever, headache, vomiting. Uh, you get some neurological problems, some generalized weakness, movement disorders, loss of coordination, and then a coma can develop over the next few days. Um, and it's hard to distinguish from other encephalitis, other causes of, of central nervous system in infections. Um, and it is transmitted from the bite of a, a mosquito. It takes about six to 16 days to show up. So essentially anyone is at risk, um, certainly up by the Murray seems to be a big area at the moment. So you know, there's talk about, you know, the main way of prevention is by wearing clothes and, and uh, avoiding getting bitten by mosquitoes. So wearing long, loose fitting clothes, using mosquito repellents with DEET or picaridin, picaridin in them. Um, limit your outdoor activity if there are mosquitoes around, um, you know, sleeping mosquito nets, um, dusk and dawns often the time when mosquitoes are around. And I think Australia's just ordered 130,000 vaccines in. So I imagine all the piggery workers and those associated with pigs up in the northern Victoria area will, will probably be getting, um, uh, you know, be getting vaccinated as, as a human prevention from the disease i think there's two vaccinations available in pigs yeah. essentially um it causes a death of piglets really stillborns yes yes so yeah. stillborns um and and weak or, or dead piglets um with neurological symptoms um they're often paddling um, within the first six months of life um adult animals don't tend to show um adult or females don't show any signs particularly boars males uh, may get um, infertility and uh, and edematous congested testicles, right? As, as per the uh, the biosecurity alert from uh, from the the government. So there you Excellent. go. Uh, yep. So bores and gorged testicles, right? Yes, gotcha. edematous congested testicles. Okay, right. There yes. You go. So if your bores, can they got take that, some sort of a de decongestant to try and help to sort of clear fed. that out? Bit, yes. of thing, bit of sort of bit of sort of you think. Uh, horses are often asymptomatic, got no symptoms um, or mild symptoms. Um, they can get encephalitis sometimes. So they might get fever, uh, yellowing or jaundice, lethargic, anorexia. They don't eat neurological signs. Um, and it's also been reported in donkeys, um, but disease in any other species is, is pretty rare. So I guess just, you know, if you're up in that area, Murray, um, Northern Victoria, uh, Queensland, those sorts of areas, just something to be aware of, um, mm -hmm. alert but not alarmed, um, and and protect yourself from mosquitoes. I think it's probably probably the the, the main bit to take yeah. away from that. Hmm. So there you go. Now, don't get bitten by itchy at the very worst. No. Well, no, very worst. You get Japanese encephalitis virus, but you know you could get itchy too. Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. No. Exactly. No, yeah, don't no. don't just cross it with your nail like you meant to. You know, prevent getting <laughs> prevent getting bitten in the first place. Just now, have you spray got... enough stingos on yourself to, until you turn white. Yes, I've, I've got a couple of articles. Lewis. You got something on uh, on our I favorite do. our favorite brachycephalic breeds, haven't you, mate? Absolutely. Well, well, just on on cuteness in general. So this ah. is from uh, the Age. Um, it was uh, um, the, this article by Henrietta Cook was published uh, February the twenty seventh of twenty twenty two, entitled. A ticking time bomb 
how breeding for cuteness is hurting dogs. Ooh. Angus the Dachshund had sparkly brown eyes, cute little legs, oh. and an infectious personality. Not infectious like encephalitis, <laughs> but, but infectious nonetheless. Um, yep. But he was also a ticking time bomb, according to his owner, Carolyn Holbrook. In 2020, when Angus was four, he suffered a ruptured disc in his back and underwent a $6,000 spinal surgery. Oof. A few months later, the same issue struck again. He soon became paralyzed in his back legs, spent his days in a pram, unable to make the short walk outside to the toilet. And while Angus's pain was manageable with drugs, Mrs. Holbrook said he had no hope. Mm. We had to make the awful decision to put down our exquisite little black and tan dachshund. The Gardenvale resident said he was only five. Oh, dear. So, that's horrible. So that's, uh, yeah, you know, a, a, unfortunately, a story that we've spoken about previously with dachshunds and their, uh, their, their quite weak backs, um, mm. their tendency to blow discs. And unfortunately, you know, if you've got one that's gone, then sometimes the one upstream or downstream mm. can go as well. Terrible, um, yes. So, article goes on it was selective breeding for cuteness that led to angus's demise his short legs and long back traits accentuated by breeders to make sausage dogs aesthetically pleasing made him particularly susceptible to intervertebral disc disease a painful spinal condition which affect, affects up to one in four dachshunds right. as puppy sales boom during the pandemic pet owners vets and animal welfare organizations are calling for a crackdown on the selective breeding for dogs for cuteness, a practice that causes defects, pain, and suffering. Dachshunds are not the only breed prone to defects due to selective breeding. Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are susceptible to heart mitral valve disease, which we spoke about recently when uh, Norway have called for a banning of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Yep. While flat-faced brachycephalic breeds such as Bulldogs, Pugs, and Boston Terriers suffer from spinal issues and are prone to a condition which makes it difficult for them to breed. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so the push to crack down on selective breeding coincides with Norway, as we just said, recently banning the breeding of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and English Bulldogs due to those concerns. The Australian Veterinary Association is worried about the recent surge in popularity of brachycephalic dog breeds, such as British and French Bulldogs, Boston Terriers and Pugs. It's calling for dogs with a muzzle length less than a third of the length of their skull to be banned from being bred or displayed at dog shows. Continued selection for a dramatically shortened face has resulted in multiple anatomic changes which cause brachycephalic airway uh, brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome affecting the animal's ability to breathe exercise thermoregulate sleep and play all pretty major parts of life when you're a dog that was my <laughs> part that i just added in there um and undertake other normal behaviors it states in a new policy document the peak body for veterinarians would also like to see these flat-faced breeds screen for spinal issues associated with their corkscrew tails Veterinarian spokesman for the association, Dr. David Neck, said that while there were laws in Australia aimed at preventing the breeding of animals with defects, these were not routinely enforced. In Victoria, it is an offence to intentionally or recklessly allow an animal with a heritable defect to breed. But Dr. Neck said the state's list of defects did not include common defects, such as the breathing issues that plague brachycephalic dog breeds or mm. intervertebral disc disease in Dachshunds. Mm, okay. It is not known how many, if any, breeders have been charged. I'm going to go out on a limb, Lewis, and say that the number of breeders charged are probably going to be close to or approaching zero. Yes. Well, I know uh, Deb did a lot of work for Von Willebrands in uh, in Dobermans. Um, yes, and okay. 
and there was there was a, a bit of a push there, I think, and that pushed a lot of breeders to go ahead and test their dogs for von Willebrand's disease uh, because right. of that code that um that you know if they if they bred that dog knowing that it had a defect um then they were potentially liable. So there was a little bit of I think that helped a little bit certainly the Doberman aspect. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the state government does, uh, department did not does not keep compliance data on these offences. Wow, that's a shame. It's sort of know whether or not you're actually doing it or not. Victoria's commercial dog breeding laws are the toughest in the nation, a spokeswoman said. But Doctor Neck said that most flat faced dogs struggle to breathe due to reckless breeding and would benefit from airway surgery, a high risk procedure that costs between fifteen hundred and four thousand mm. dollars. We spoke about that with. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Phil um, from uh, quite a, what was it? Probably nearly 12 months ago now, wasn't it? Would be um, a while ago, yeah. We spoke about, yeah, we were speaking about the different types of surgery that can be done for these brachy dogs. Phil Moses. Um, um, I, hope Phil he's, Moses yeah. I think he's, he's un, unwell at the moment. Um, friend of the show. Hope he gets better soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, you know, it goes on to, to talk about, you know, how, you know, at, at what point are these people going to start to get a little bit, you know, how is it going to change, Joe? And we and we've spoken about it before, before, and we've spoken about it with um with Dr. Moses as well about what's going to happen. You know how are we actually going to try and change things, and I think it's really hard too. Where then, you know, you'll you will look at the TV or in the newspapers, and suddenly uh, people are using advertising that include those dogs because they know that those dogs are cute. You know, so I think it's um. Uh, I think there's a thing where no um, no drug companies now are allowed to use uh, brachycephalic dogs in their ads and things like that. They, so they changed all that. So they had to change their packaging and marketing materials and things like that if they had brachycephalics on there. Right. Um, I mean, really realistically in the end you know the the vast majority of people if all they're interested in is having cute dogs i think it's going to take uh movers and shakers of the uh of the the social media generation to actually try and get a hold of it a whole bunch of crusty old vets sitting there and pointing our finger at it at them and saying this isn't good is is no good you know not going to change anything but i think you get a chris hemsworth or you know a hugh jackman or something mm, like that running yes. around. i think that would be uh you'd start to see some change then lewis i'm going to make a prediction that 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 would be a thing where suddenly you'd go Okay, right. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is something. So I don't know. That's just me trying to solve the world's problems, Lewis. But well, well, um, you know, you know, it'd be interesting. I don't know, just something on the fly here that if um, yeah, you know how every every dog you get now, certainly in Victoria, has to have a microchip put in it. Yep. What if you had something along the lines of that when you sell a dog, and if you're selling it a certain breed, you need to provide that owner with a link as well as the microchip number that sends them to a government website that lists all the potential problems that that breed has and how much in a range, like a price range, it could cost to fix that and, and provides with some really good centralized. So you're selling a French bulldog. You've got to provide with, you know, okay, you need to go to, you know, here's the link. Not, I guess you can't force owners to do that when they buy the dog. Um, but is that, and then I guess people have got the ability to go and look at that anyway. Or when you advertise a French bulldog, you've got to put the link to www.frenchbulldog.com.a, whatever it is. And people then 
have the option to go and research and go, oh, hang on, there's an ad. What's this link? Let's click on the link. Oh, okay. So $4,000 for, for airway surgery. That's, uh, I'm not sure I can afford that because that's a big issue I, I see is, is we get so many puppies and the owner's got no idea. They, mm. you know, you know, you might get a Labrador puppy and oh, oh, the breeders were amazing. They're best breeders ever. Okay, so uh what were the hip scores on the parents? What 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 were the elbow scores? Did were the eyes tested? Oh, what? What what are you talking about? Now I've got mm. the vaccination certificate. I've left that at home, but you know, there's nothing is it's it's uh, they were a good breeder and they you know, so maybe that's a little way to that every every dog that's sold, if you're selling as a breed, you've got to put a link to uh, a website that's kept uh, up by the University of Melbourne or something like that, or University of Sydney or whatever it might be, that um, that that actively lists um, defects that the, the, the dog potential might things. Have. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, yeah, and particularly with how much money people are spending on actually buying dogs now probably wouldn't hurt for them to actually come and spend, you know, not, not that we vets have got, you know, mountains of time, but you know, there, there'd probably be nothing wrong with having like a, uh, a, a telephone you know, a pre puppy consult with a vet to say, Hey, you know, we're thinking about getting um, a puppy, you know, here's, here's some lists of, um, of breeds that we're thinking of. What do you think? They go, well, okay, let's, you know, and because then, you've got it before the puppies come along, you know, you're speaking to a professional who can actually tell you what's going on. I think maybe we've, we've, we've cottoned on to something here, Lewis, the two vets talk pets, pre puppy advice phone line. Wow. Yeah. Cause we've got so much How's time, that? mate, just to take phone calls so all much day. Time. Yeah. <laughs> While we're doing that and organizing OBs and, you know, yeah, um, that's right. Bricks at us from camping we, trips. We, um, we, we could take those phone calls at Flynn's walk while we're doing the open air broadcast, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's it's like, a good that's idea, the, but I'm just not sure there's the, I'm just, yeah, look, yeah, if you had to maybe have a sign something from the vet to say, I've spoken to the vet about French Bulldogs, you know, before you buy it, but sort of policing that is is difficult, I think, and, and yeah, yeah there'll be there'll be people who will just be able to get that sort of thing, a bit like you can get your your signs, vaccine certificate if, if you really want to. So I, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a good thought. It'd be, be better if lots more people did go and talk to their vet before they purchased, I, I reckon, um, I'll, I'll offer it for a behavior sort of perspective, but you know what? I don't know. One, one every few years, a person will come in and go, What do you think about these breeds? More likely to be at the when you're at some school function, someone will go, Oh, we think you're getting a cocker spaniel <laughs> or something. You know, that's probably yeah, yeah. more likely to happen, isn't it? Yes, so, yeah, yeah. And then all the people <laughs> you're talking to, even though you're the vet. There'll be five other people go, oh, no, I wouldn't get a Cocker Spaniel because I had this that got this. And, oh, yeah, no, they're great. I've had them my whole life, you know. And so it's very anecdotal. That's all, that's exactly what it is. Mm. But it's 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 more about that, um, you know, you, you, you've got to ask the questions, don't you? You know, like, mm. uh, you know, the more and the more questions you ask to the more people who are professional, well, then, you know, chances are you might actually get a little bit more information. Asking the person who stands to make ten grand from you if you buy their puppy is not the person to be getting uh, independent advice on the health aspects no. 
of the dog. No, you know, they are going to no. tell you that 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 this dog is absolutely perfect and everything is being great. And look at all that. Here's mm. a picture of it from every day for the last mm. eight weeks, and here it is running around with its mates. Um, how good is this? Mm. Um, they're not going to be saying it. And by the way, here's the list of vets you go and yeah. see when you when it needs to have its airway yeah. surgery. Exactly. And, and when when its kneecaps pop out, and also if it's got spinal cord problems, yeah. let alone dermatitis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so I think I think um, it's it's like a lot of things, Lewis. We know that something needs to change, but the way the ideas at the moment aren't working. So something else has to something else has to happen. But it's interesting. Some of the points that you bring up actually then um, come along with a couple of these other articles that I've found as well. Mm -hmm. So um, so here's an interesting one for you on um, uh, sort of following up some of the. some of the themes that you're just talking about. So this is from um, this is from the Age News by um, Hagar Cohen. It was actually posted um, posted yesterday. So um, yes, puppy broker banned from selling animals for three years. Continued trading illegally. Oh, so a puppy broker banned from operating a domestic animal business has allegedly been selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Ooh. dogs under the nose of Victorians Victoria's enforcement agencies. Under the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Flora Flora Marla has been banned. uh, And he mentioned what sort of like a a, a pushed in nose, I assume, under the pushed in nose of the government. All right. Yeah. The the long noses as well as the pushed in noses. (laughs) Any sort of nose, she's been able to sneak it under. The long nose of the law. The long, the long-armed nose of the law. That's right. <laughs> uh, Flora Marla has been banned by a magistrate's court from selling animals for three years, but is operating from two properties in regional Victoria. The animal activist group, uh, animal activist group Oxford's Law, has been tracking the activities of Ms. Marla and her suspected puppy brokering syndicate, and found dozens of allegedly illegal ads online for multiple breeds of puppies for the advertised price of up to six. $6,500 a pop. Wow. One of the members of Ms. Marla's syndicate was previously fined $15,000 for selling a dog so emaciated and severely infested with worms that it almost died. Late oh last gosh. year, the syndicate advertised $150,000 worth of dogs Oof. over a period of two months on Gumtree and Trading Post. So, wow. So, wow. You know, yeah. Um, some of the dogs uh, have been advertised with face fake source numbers, which is oh. a compulsory identifier for anyone selling companion animals in Victoria. So this goes back to what you were saying before, Lewis, about, you know, yes, they need to be microchip. Yes, they need to have source numbers. But, you know, if someone's making 150 grand every two months. They're finding ways around it because, you know, the, the, the animals are not in their... Uh, Looking after the animals is not in this is not in their uh, the top of their interest. Yeah, well, 100, um, 150 grand, six grand a pop. That's twenty five thousand puppies over two months. <laughs> that's incredible oh, yeah, number. Yeah. Wow. Um, so some of the uh, oh yeah, here we go. ABC seven thirty spoke to Ms. Marla over the phone. She denied selling dogs over the past year. Oscars Law mm. founder Deborah Tranter has been reporting the advertisements to local council, Animal Welfare Victoria, and the Minister for Agriculture since October last year. Ms. Marla's activities were also reported to the RSPCA in Victoria in January by a member of the public. But Ms. Tranter said the multiple reports and evidence she and others submitted did not result with action by enforcement agencies. Their failure to act has allowed this business to stay in business and sell puppies to the public. 
public, Miss Tranter mm. said. All of the ads linked to Ms. Marla and her alleged syndicate have been removed as of March the 7th, only a short time after 7.30 contacted Victoria's Department of Agriculture for a response. The wow. RSPCA and the Animal Welfare Animal Welfare Victoria told 7.30 they were supporting an ongoing multi-agency investigation into animal breeding, rearing and selling activities. Victoria's Minister for Agriculture, Mary Ann Thomas, said in a statement that it is her clear expectation that advertising platforms take down any non-compliant pet advertisements. Mm, okay. Um, the so it's up to the, ad, the platform to do it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So 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 it's up to Gumtree to check and make sure that mm. all of these, you know, three and a half thousand to six and a half thousand dollar Daxons all have correct source numbers. Right. Yeah, don't think so. Don't think that's yeah. ever going to yeah, happen. Yeah. How do they do that? Um, wow. Mm. Yep. Yeah. New puppy came home with health problems. Victorian man Michael Beavis told 7.30 that he bought a puppy with multiple health complications from Flora Marla's suspected syndicate. He said he was going through some health issues himself last year when he first started looking for a pet. I've been looking for a rescue animal for adoption and they're unavailable, he said. So I ended up going to Gumtree and Training Post and then ultimately came across Trixie. Mr. Beavis collected the border collie in the ad from Miss Marla's home address and paid $800 to a syndicate member. However, he says that his new dog, Trixie, started exhibiting health problems within an hour of bringing her home. She was pooing blood, which I became quite alarmed with, Mr. Beavis said. Trixie was diagnosed with a series of medical problems, including gastroenteritis, carine coronavirus, and giardia. But when Mr. Beavis contacted the seller, she went silent. Mr. Beavis later discovered Trixie's vaccination certificate wasn't complete and her source number was fake. It meant mm. that the true identity of the seller couldn't be traced. Oh, wow. He complained Gosh. to the RSPCA about the seller and provided a statement. However, the RSPCA closed its, in, in, its investigation into the case without an outcome, saying that the seller could not be identified. Frustrated with the result, Mr. Beavis got in touch with Miss Tranter from Oscar's Law, who was able to confirm that Trixie was sold by Flora Marla's suspected syndicate. A few months later, Oscar's Law members posed as buyers and purchased a puppy directly from Miss Marla while secretly recording oh. their interaction. Love it. So we've got the great video here of, as we were talking before, a little French bulldog puppy, right? Um, So putting her down on the ground, um, being paid in a wad of cash in an envelope um, and being handed a vaccination certificate saying, here you go. If you've got any problems, give me a call, but she's all covered and the details are on there for when she needs to have her next vaccination. Um, The video was also shared with several enforcement and government agencies. Puppy Farming Capital of Australia. It is believed that an increase in puppy broker operations is a result of the heightened focus on puppy farming in Victoria. The state has recently introduced a number of restrictions to the breeding of companion animals, including a cap of 10 dogs per breeding facility. In New South Wales, there are no such limits. And that has meant that a growing number of breeders in Victoria Mm. have relocated across the border. Mm. New South Wales Animal Justice MP Emma Hurst introduced legislation to tighten the law in her state last year. Her proposed bill has sparked a parliamentary inquiry into animal welfare laws. Ms Hurst said New South Wales have become the puppy farming capital of Australia. In New South Wales, it is perfectly legal for someone to set up an intensive factory farm of dogs with, say, 600 female dogs and force them to pump out litter after litter for oh. their entire lives. Wow. In Gosh. In the New South Wales border town of Moama, Murray River Council Mayor Chris Bilkey 
told 7.30 the area had seen a 500% increase in the intensive dog breeding applications over the past year. Mr Bilkey said he had no doubt the increase was a result of Victoria's new puppy farm laws. It made it attractive to puppy farmers who were in Victoria who were no longer willing or able to comply with those new regulations to move their operations across the border into New South Wales. Hmm. Mr Bilkey said he was concerned with one particular development uh, application for a breeding facility housing three 320 dogs at Moama in April last year. Wow. The facility is owned by a man who relocated to Moama from Victoria after he pleaded guilty to two animal cruelty charges and was banned from running a domestic animals business in that state for 10 years. Oh, wow. The council, the council approved the breeding facility, but Mr. Bilkey said he had no choice. We were told by our lawyers that this refusal was a road to the land and environment court and that we would certainly lose. It was Mm -hmm. one of the awfulest decisions I've been involved in and the lingering taste in our mouths was dreadful. Mr. Bilkey is one of 65 local councillors who signed a letter to the New South Wales Premier last year, urging him to take urgent action on the issue of large-scale dog breeding facilities in the state. Wow. Gosh, that's terrible. Wow. So, you know, that, that sort of brings it to home even, even harder. How much harder it's the crackdown on these, you know, the, the, the brachycephalics, the dachshunds and that sort of stuff, the acute breeds, when you've got such a horrific thing happening over the other side of the Murray mm. because – the dodgy people from Victoria are moving to New South Wales because they can get away with it. So, wow. So, Mister Mister Bilkey, he was he was wearing his air guard, I assume, being from Moama there, just trying to keep the the Japanese encephalitis mosquitoes off him. I imagine for his talk. And we've officially, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully yes. Um, so, you know, I think um, the. I'm going to interrupt you, mate. Your internet is really struggling, so we might, uh, we might, uh, I might, we, I think we might have lost Robbie. So we might just, I'll go under the disclaimer. Um, all advice on this show is general nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continuing advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything. And we might, because you're, uh, um, it seems like uh, maybe. Maybe Christina's hit hit the uh, the internet She's cable. She's the aerial. Yeah, with, yeah. While while digging deep, She's gone, for, gone through the cable. Yeah, digging deep for for the whole family. This is, uh, you, you might have lost a bit of a bit of internet. So we um we um any questions? Send them through. We have still got a peaker question that we'll answer hopefully next week when when we're all back in the studio. Uh, um, if you've got a question, two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Um, go and support us on Patreon. We would appreciate that if if you're able to. Um, but otherwise, we'll uh we'll scratch you later. Yeah, and, and if, if anybody um, wants to get in touch with the New South Wales Premier, tell them that, um, that you know, they should change the puppy farm laws up there, you know, and, and tell, you know, the um, uh, Miss Hurst from the uh, Animal Justice Party that, you know, we, we were talking about her article. Sounds like a plan. All righty, mate. See you later, everyone. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter 
and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.